Sziasztok, Janó vagyok. Közép-Európa első világra szóló podcast csatornáját hallgatjátok Magyarországról. Ez a Budapest.fm. Hi, my name is Ray, and you're listening to the number one podcast station in Central Europe. Budapest.fm, podcasting to the world from Hungary. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Wow. We've made it from the last podcast we, you and I did. I feel like I uh, know you a lot better than I did uh, previously. And uh, we're, local, we're, we're now located on a different location, aren't we? You are, yes. This is cool, man. This is, um, you know, when you approached me about the idea of coming to your uh, cafe, um, or should I, what should I call it? Coffee shop, uh, coffee shop, work did, hub, something work like hub, that. Yeah, work hub. We work call it work hub. Yeah. Okay. Because we have designed a place to, you know, to to make it very, like, good for people who want to uh, stay here for hours and hours and work. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. You know, we have like um, power outlets everywhere and <laughs> um, chargers out, and and they can just hang out and, and work here. This is so awesome, man! I, I I love these coffee shops that are designed for people to really get things done. So yeah. to speak. So, and that's the first thing I noticed when I came in. I was like, "Wow, why are these? Everything's got plugs and stuff. What's <laughs> up with that? This is really like comfortable. I love it." And then you got this beautiful view out here of uh, what is this, Eric? What would you call this little section here of Budapest? So, um, it's interesting uh, actually. So this is um, this is Market Karut, uh, but the real good thing about it is that actually this is the view why we uh, decided to to. Um, Rent out. Oh, this thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Let's switch it around. <laughs> you asked for chocolate. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and uh, this is the view that we um, we were looking for, and that's why we rented. But actually, here on, on this side, there was this huge um, crime committed. One of the biggest crimes in, in uh, Hungarian mafia. Really? Yeah. What What year was this? Long back. No really? idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it was it was the killing of uh, of someone walking. Um, on that uh, um, crossroad right there. The one that goes up, like? The- uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, the crosswalk, yeah. And then someone just jumped out of the car and then and shot the guy. Wow. Yeah, this is like huge um, history of Hungary. Okay. <laughs> Not many things happen here like wow. this, but yeah. Okay. Well, you remember? I'm so curious, like the history of that. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. Let's look it up for next time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a story. Um, the, the 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 gentleman who got me to come to Hungary and live here for the first time. Yeah. His grandfather lived right up this road. There, if you go up that road going up, like yeah. somewhere somewhere in this area here, that's where he actually lived, which was <laughs> pretty amazing uh, when I first discovered that his grandfather came in. His grandfather was gone for since 1956. And then he came back uh, only when his grandson came here, and his grandfather um, re- got reintroduced to his sister who he hadn't seen since 1956. Mm-hmm. And apparently they saw each other. She became a nun at some point, and then they just felt uh, like crying profusely because they knew it was the first time they had seen each other since all that time, and it was probably going to be the last time they see each other, right? Because yeah. he had to go back. So <laughs> yeah, interesting story. Hungary has a beautiful backdrop. I can tell you right now. So, so tell me. Um, so, where where are we? Tell 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 them where we are. Yeah. So, um, 
We are at Montage. Uh, it's the workshop that we talked about. We have opened this place uh, one and a half years ago. And then, yeah, last time we had a chat and then I, I proposed the idea of, of maybe having um, this on-spot podcasting studio for it. you. And then and you said you jumped on the ideas right away. So uh, this is the first time we're trying out the, the system and trying out if it works. Uh, actually, one thing I had to do is I, I'm going to somehow tell... Um, Tell her to make some coffee. So okay. you, so we see that. Oh, okay. It, does it come in the? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like this noise is disturbing or not? No, it's right. I, I, I can always drink two cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you could just yell it to her. You wanna put? I don't know. I, you know, I have to learn my Hungarian. My Hungarian is not as skilled as it should be, being that I've spent a long time coming in and out of Hungary. I, I just don't. Uh, let me try this coffee. This is what is this coffee? This is the light you said. Uh, yeah. So we have a dark and a light roast. But before you try, let me tell you about this. So okay. yeah. this is gonna feel like it's um, it tastes like it's um, sour, okay. fruity. Okay. Okay. So if you don't like it, we're gonna make you another one. But I I, I started drinking uh, dark roasted, mm-hmm. and then I tried light roasted first. I tried it with milk, and it felt like the milk was was uh not good anymore you know that sour, sour taste. milk mm-hmm. but now i am not able to drink uh dark roasted anymore only light it's it's much much better but okay. you have to get like you have to uh know that it is something else okay it okay. doesn't feel like real coffee thank you for the warning <laughs> yeah I'm prepared now do i need to put anything in it i just tried the way it is yeah. authentically no sugar for sure no sugar oh wow Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it does have a sour taste to it, but it is coffee. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. What? What? Where? Is this a um, Hungarian bean, or is it? Uh, where does oh, this no, coffee come it's, from? Um, yeah. So the the light roasted really is only. In case people you're wondering what that sound is, that's the sound that we're hearing in the background. Yeah. Of, of that's the, the coffee place. That's the coffee place. I love it actually. Yeah, me I too. I like that. Let, let's switch it on uh, afterwards if it's uh, extremely oh. disturbing oh. or it's it, it just. So it's casual. Well, I think it'll just cause people to want to come to a montage and try. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, the light, the the roasted light or dark really means how much time it was roasted for. You know, like the beans actually are lighter or darker. And then the second part is where the coffee is from and how do they uh, harvest it. And then uh, this one is from Ethiopia. Oh, that's what I'm told. My, my uh, people when they see me from Ethiopia when I was growing up, yeah, they always thought I was from Ethiopia. Oh, and so yeah? I started talking. So awesome. <laughs> we actually have a guy who's uh, is bringing us the coffee who's Ethiopian. Oh, really? Half Ethiopian. Yeah. Oh, wow. And and he's living. Uh, he's living in Hungary. He's he, he speaks Hungarian. He's Hungarian. But I think his father was uh, Ethiopian. So he goes out to to the Ethiopian um, coffee places and then he just tries the beans and brings some whatever he likes. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's man. how we choose the coffee. I love it. Let me do this again. You guys, excuse me one second. Those that are listening to this podcast, uh, I did press record, right? <laughs> I think you didn't know. Uh, is it the, the, the red is when you record and the... Yes. Oh, yes. it's actually kind of weird. Yeah, well, no, no, no it's, it's correct, but dang it. I, I just, it's a bad memory. I like to divorce from my brain. Hmm. Yeah, that is good coffee. That's interesting. I would never have chosen this style. And I don't miss the sugar because generally I drink 
Americano, black, two sugars. Yeah, dark roasted with sugar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, this is really this is, unique. This is yeah. something else. Like, And also, like, uh, the people that, like, if I was sitting in Ethiopia, right, this is what they would be serving me? Well, um, don't quiz me and don't test me on the <laughs> Ethiopian uh, culture. <laughs> but actually, they use, um, they have the, their own tradition. If you can see the, the things that are there. You can, but what you can. It? What is it? Those are the, like the real Ethiopian style coffee. Which ones? On the shelves. Well, let me grab one. Yeah. Let me grab one real quick. So, we're kind of like uh, doing this like the right way, right? Yeah. I want, the, I want the camera to see this. I know everybody listening will not be able to see what I just pulled, but it is a, uh, a traditional uh, pot, right? For Yeah, for pouring, Ethiopian coffee. For Ethiopian coffee, pouring Ethiopian Wow, look at this top here. It's like a... It's like a sharpened pencil. Oh yeah, it, doesn't it look like a sharpened pencil? And look, if you take it out, it's even weirder. And uh, over here is the beans, the raw beans. Wow, this is like an educational moment for me. I love it. <laughs> so this is the raw beans of, they're like white, almost like a light colored bean, very small, almost like lentil style bean. Yeah, and then when you roast it. Mm -hmm. Depends on how much time you roast it for. It's gonna be either, you know, it's gonna be in the spectrum of from very light to very dark. Okay, gotcha. Were you a, a, a coffee connoisseur prior to having this uh, place? Yes, yeah. but I got into it more. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I didn't start drinking coffee till I started coming to Europe. Oh, you did? Yeah, I wasn't a coffee drinker. Yeah, I mean, in, in the U.S., coffee is, is is more like something you more like tea, I guess. I found out. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I came here and they were always like, I'd say, can I have a cup of coffee? And he said, sure. And they give me this little thing like this. You know, and I'd be like, that's all you, what, you guys trying to save money or something? What's going on? <laughs> but I didn't realize that that's actually the traditional way people drink, like the little shots and stuff to, to drink. So yeah, that's awesome. I like Americano though. You like Americanos? Yeah, that's what I drink. Okay. Uh, I drink ice Americano usually. Oh, okay, cool. All right, oh man. So um, we were deciding a topic today. We actually started talking about SaaS. I remember we talked about that yeah, last night about SaaS, SaaS products, man. And uh, I'm a big, big fan fanatically uh, into SaaS product. Anybody that doesn't know what SaaS is, it means SaaS software as a service. And uh, many brands, uh, many softwares back in the day when I was using software, you know, you would have like some kind of CD that they would put the CD into the um, machine of sorts like a computer and then from there you would pull down the software off that cd or dvd sometimes <laughs> and you would use it and then if they ever did updates they do the updates you'd have to basically get the new cd to get the update nothing happened online <laughs> nothing at all so now everything went online and so since uh internet got faster and that process had a lot of these companies turned themselves into like software companies almost crossed over from that into SaaS spaces right um, so, uh, what, what, uh, what's your feeling about SaaS? So, um, we use SaaS a lot in, um, in my company, mm -hmm. uh, in, in Vuvu, we, we use, um, quite a few tools to, you know, do automation, um, like automized workflows and stuff. And, and, um, and really the, the bottom line in a startup is how much it costs. Mm. So we use every kind of way to get out of paying <laughs> and, and it is actually uh, funny how how well they 
they monetize it in terms of they just know that this is startup uh, thing to, to do not have any kind of money in the beginning. Right. So almost every one of them have like this pay as you go kind of plans. Freemium. Yeah, freemium. But freemium is more like uh, so freemium is more in the mobile app uh, and, and kind of thing area okay. where it is, you know, like you use it for a couple of weeks maybe use it to it to an extent and then you pay but it's very it's much more measurable you pay in the first month or so i see whereas in b2b SaaS, especially startup programs they have almost every one of them have like startup specialized memberships and they more two years after you pay but then you pay a lot mm. you know <laughs> and all of them are set up like this or not all of them but like most of them and um for example amplitude you know amplitude i, d- I don't I think it's one of the best um, software for for um, data analytics. Um, loads of people use it, but the, how they do it's it? It's an analytics software, is it? Yeah. Okay. But it's one of the best. Amplitude, and then they actually charge around a couple of thousand per month, hmm. like uh, five thousand maybe. And then they have this startup membership, startup program, where you apply if they like the company, or I guess every kind of company they like. I, I don't know the the screening process Uh but yeah and then they give it to you for free for a year Mm. and you get so hooked up clever uh if you actually because it's five thousand dollars so it's not like you get 20 percent discount it's for free it's cheaper than you know like a ten dollar analytics deal right but you use it because it's much better and then um you get hooked up on it and if you could raise money you know raise money as as a startup you could you know get your seed round or series a in uh, of a couple of millions, then you are very able to afford amplitude. Right. Otherwise, you just don't use it anymore. So that's their plan to, you know, like get the startups in the beginning. That's smart. Yeah. And almost all of them do this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's clever. Wow. I, um, I basically about 10 years ago, I decided, um, especially as a like more of a solo entrepreneur, solopreneur, I guess they call it now, um, you know, you, you took, took, to cut costs, I've used a lot of different SaaS products, just like CRMs or things like currently that are voice-based, like the TTS, you know, mm-hmm. text-to-speech type of things. Um, uh, just various SaaS products. I can't. I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh yeah, like uh, like uh, Crello. Like uh, no, no, no. If you remember with Crello, but actually they're called Vistaprint now, but they're the uh, com- direct competitor to something like Canva, mm-hmm. right? Another SaaS product in the graphics uh, world. And uh, early on, I found a, a couple of companies, or I guess a lot of these companies decided, you know, we're going to do an LTD, which means lifetime deal. Mm-hmm. And, with, and since they're early startups, rather than having people try to invest or getting investment out of it, what they'll do is they'll just say, look, use our software. We'll give you our first tier, second tier, or third tier. Obviously, the third tier is actually maximizing their SaaS product. Yeah. But you can use it for the life of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that way, if you just buy into it, they don't have to give away any stocks or anything related to it. At the same time, if they do become this massive SaaS product, you you're with it for life. Right. So I started buying into those like maybe I would say I want to say almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, some of the ones that I bought just tanked like they're just absolutely garbage. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, that's the risk that you do in stocks and bonds anyway. Right. Um, but some of them have actually been bought out by larger companies that have, you know, invested 
billions, millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars in them. Yeah. And they've grown into this massive space. Um, one that just comes to mind now, do you remember, um, there's a company now that's called Loom. Yeah. No Loom? Yeah. Loom was just bought out by another company. I can't think of the name, but it starts with an A or something. But they just got bought out for roughly a little under a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. They just were bought out completely. Yeah. And there's like, a, they're an app, an application for video, right? If you just, rather than sending an email, you just send this video and you can have interaction with people. It's a, it's a great software. Yeah, I use it a lot, yeah. You do it a lot, yes. I did too for a long time until I found this LTD deal on this company called SendSpark. SendSpark does the same thing. Uh, at the time, they weren't at that level, right? But I could see the potential and the lady that runs it, I can't think of her name now. They're out of Texas somewhere. I think San Antonio. Uh, they actually made this incredible product that I'm able to do just what I can do with Loom, but there is other advantages with it. Like they've really built relationships with like integrations with uh, like uh, LinkedIn and various, you know, where they've added their component. So yeah. you can send a video right away and have people respond to that video. Uh, you can have a custom domain surrounding that. Cause I think Loom, you have to use Loom. Yeah. Whereas theirs, you can actually just use your company, and then that allows you to, you know, you can basically brand it with your company, cu- uh, custom domains, all of that. And it's really simple to use. And now they're at a stage now that they're, you know, able to charge quite a bit for it. But since I was one of the early adopters, I have it. I have it. Yeah. I have it forever, right? I have a, close to 100 of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was saying to you, we should talk about like this yeah, stuff because I have like a hundred because I, and, and there are a variety of things. Most of them I don't use. Do you have any, um, like CRM with mail? Like, you know, yes. like, yeah. Yeah, I do, absolutely do. Because we, we just struggle with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, like remember when I sent you the invoice for the last yeah. thing, right? That's one, another product just like that. And they and have all this product for. To send automated emails. Well, it does so much more. Right. It, it does the invoicing, but uh, it, it does like, uh, you know, uh, oh, my gosh. Most of the technology I don't use because I had bought other things. It, initially, when I bought it, it didn't do all of those things. Mm-hmm. But the company, I saw the potential. I always do. I, you know how you, if you check stocks and stuff and you're about to invest into something, if it's a small company, you generally have to do your due diligence, your due diligence right? You have to Sorry. check out who's uh, running it, uh, who's... Um, you know, how long have these people been in business? Uh, you know, where are they located? Uh, what does their management team look like? You know, all these different things I try to check before I decide to make a purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, these. now I lost my train of thought, man. That, this coffee is just really so good that it's making me lose my train of thought. Hmm. <laughs> For all you people that are listening right now, um, we are going to, I'm just going to, before I continue on that with that, I'm going to just do a side note here. I'm looking at my croissant here. Did you make these croissants here? Yeah, we did, yeah. Really? Yeah. You made these croissants? I mean, it's, so we, we baked them. Okay. Yeah. We, we got it as, as um, like, like frozen. Gotcha. And then. They're, they're, they're super, like, light and fresh. Yeah, and, these are great croissants. Oh, my goodness. Straight from France. I can't wait. To, oh, really? Yeah. You guys, you really know how to do this, man. <laughs> Jeez. This entrepreneur, Benedict number two, I'm just going to call him two because yeah. I can't think of his last name right now, uh, introduced me to you. And he had initially, I heard him introduce you in the uh, podcast what that you both did together. And he kept saying that you did this, you did this, you did this and all these things. And I was like, 22, give me a break. There's no way he done all this stuff. Let me try this bite real quick. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah. 
that's good. Mm. Oh yeah, that's really good. Happy to hear that. Mm. Yes, people. I'm sorry. Anybody that's listening to this right now, just enjoy me chewing. <laughs> just savor it for a minute. Um, uh, when I was eating mine, I was like, uh, you know, anxious about how how bad it <laughs> sounds. But now I didn't hear yours. It's not that bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Um. So what was I saying? Um, what was I talking about? Lost my train of thought. Okay, so SaaS, right? So, B2B SaaS, yes, mail, yes. mail apps. Yeah. So, yeah. So LTD deals. Um, yeah, I have quite a few, uh, close to a hundred of them. Um, the goal was for me when I bought into them, I thought, okay, I would package them up, and I would partner with people, and if they needed these services, rather than them trying to find these things, I would provide these services to them as a startup, as an you know that they can't afford to do buy independently. And I just, I just turn a, uh, sub, uh, a, you know, subscription based on that. You follow yeah. me? Yeah. But, uh, so you mean like you have like a bunch of things, a bunch of softwares, and then you sell it together as a, as a membership? Yeah, like as a package. Like, for instance, say you need... But you sell the know-how or you sell the license? No. No. no, no, uh, no. Sell, sell the access to having the, the... People that buy these SaaS products generally don't dig in to find out how they work, right? Yeah. So the goal for me would be to, uh, what I was thinking, um, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but what I was thinking was individuals that are, want to be in business to do whatever business that they're doing, they don't, they don't want to know how to do all that stuff. Sometimes yeah. they just want to be able to, uh, you know, custom domain. I just want to put my domain. I want it to have my domain in it uh, for the CRM. I want to be able to have emails sent in and out so it has my domain connected to it. I want to be able to have graphics done that does this, this, and this, and I just need that done for me, but I can't pay like an agency this enormous price to get these individual things yeah, done. Sure. Let me just pay you for handling that process, and we agree on, okay, we, we're going to use it this amount if you reach this number of people that actually use I your think CRM that's a, stuff. that's a great service. You, you do? Yeah, yeah I mean... Um we struggle with, with you know setting these up, and I would love to have someone who, who does it because for you it's it's no time. Like you, you've done this many times before. Uh, I would love to just pay I don't know 100, 200, 300 euros just to get it done over with, and then you can you can do it as a as like a freelancer kind of thing on on Fiverr or Upwork, and then just set it up. Hey, if you have a business and you want automations. I'm the guy to to do that because you have the know-how of of, of these apps. So I, I guess that's uh, that's something I would have um, paid, paid for. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I, I think people would. You know, like the the setup fee and then the subscription fee just to keep just to manage the process. Of yeah, it, you know, the, um, subscri the subscription is always uh, less less. Um, I don't know. I, I like to pay for for setup, right? Because uh, let me tell you my 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 train of thought. So. If I pay for setup, I feel like uh, people or I'm or people in my company or me, we we get like the the know-how, you know, we we pull information, we pull knowledge into the company. Right. If I outsource something, the opposite happens. I am not, you know, required to put the know-how in the company. So mm -hmm. this might be a small thing to have SaaS products managed by us. But I would love to, you know, have that or uh, initial three hundred euros or four hundred euros to to understand how it works and understand, you know, like a course. 
but much more because let's say you you were professional in this and then I have so many problems that I just can't find the courses for and then you make it happen. I would love to pay for that, but to manage it, that's um, that's something I would want to do in 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 house in, in house just to make sure that sure. that you know. And yeah. that I think that's um, and I would always you know if I need have questions I would ask you and right. maybe pay for that. But right. to manage it, I would not right. really want to. That's interesting. I I um, I always felt that there always should be somebody in house to like I, that that you know. I mean, if I drop dead tomorrow, you know, you can still run it and be able to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, but I find that a lot of people aren't really like that. They're not really interested in the day in and day out things. They think they are until they really dig in. Um, you're, you're an exception to that rule, definitely. Yep, um, I mean, I, I have a couple of areas uh, where, where I think um, in-house is just not an option. Outsourced should mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, one of them is digital marketing. Mm. It's so... It's a different game, isn't it's it? It's so unique. Yeah. And it's it, like I've done, I've worked with a couple of agencies now and uh, like the difference they can make in terms of like, there are two things to like a digital marketing campaign. First one, maybe the product and how you brand the product. Mm-hmm. And the second one is how you deal with data. Mm. And then the first one could be different from, from I don't know, an earplug to a clothing business. Mm-hmm. But the data is the same. Mm. And that's where I come to see that it doesn't really matter how good of creatives you make, how good of, you know, videos or, or pictures you create. At the end of the day, they are dealing with the same numbers every single day and they know what they mean, mm-hmm. you know, how mm-hmm. the campaign mm-hmm. is performing. So it's really that that's one of the I would love to have an in-house digital marketing expert. Oh yeah. But until I cannot afford it and cannot do that. Right. Uh, I think that is one of the best things to outsource in the beginning, for sure. I bet you people that walk in here, they probably that that person you're talking about probably comes in here once a week, twice a week or something. Just the conversation has never occurred. Hence hence this podcast. Right. I mean, that's the beauty of podcast to me. Right. That's why I got into this game is because, number one, I get to hear stories. I love stories. Yeah, I know. you do. Yeah. My God. I mean, you have the greatest ones. Do I? Yeah, I think so. You know, it it, it just, I I enjoy hearing people's journey and what happened in that journey because it it, it kind of paints a picture of things uh, on a, on a, on a local scale because I can get a chance to know the environment that you're talking about uh, because, you know, I'm from Los Angeles, California, but I'm in Budapest, Hungary. Ray of LA. Right. Exactly. Ray of LA. Booyah. (laughs) Budapest FM. Booyah. Uh, and, and this, uh, and looking at this, I mean, I don't have any connection of this. Oh, did I wave? Did they wave it to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Re- <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't here. Um, so yeah. So so it's like I get a chance to hear these real stories, and then with that, you build relationships because you know, so, like I wouldn't know you unless I met your Benedict 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 Benedict. Excuse me. Um, I keep saying two because this gentleman has a, uh, a business associate that he works with uh, uh, that is the CFO yeah. of Vuvu. And uh, he's the gentleman that introduced me to him, right? Uh, Benedict won. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, and, and so that relationships always kind of builds out. And then eventually you meet people that are like, I mean, this wouldn't happen unless that happened. Yeah. 
And so one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And I believe that building relationships, you find people that are like enthusiastic about what they believe in, like or what their work is, like you said, marketing, for instance, that they would love to be in a situation where they can just talk about their marketing, like talk about why it's so important, talk about this, talk about that. And this is like a great location, or even segue for that matter, to let you guys know that, look, we wanna have conversations like this that help propel other people that are wanting to share their skills, share their talent with the world, so to speak. Um, Because if you can do it on a local level, like in in Budapest, uh, through a podcast, well, guess what? This travels all around the world, okay? It may not be today, it may not be next week, it may not be next month, it could be a year from now, but somebody somewhere is gonna hear this in Los Angeles or Dubai or whatever. And they're going to be like maybe looking to come to Budapest for whatever reason. I well, hope so. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and oh, well, it's inevitable. It's inevitable because yeah. it's just numbers at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it just it's just numbers. It's like it may not be the next ten people or hundred people, but it could be a hundred and one. And at that point, you know, they know how to find us now, right? They know how to deal with us, especially if we do this on a consistent basis. So that's what excites me. That that really that's the most more than money. The, the money will come. Right. I always think the sponsors, anybody that's interested in that process. But if your focus is money, then you're 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 messing up entirely because that's the, yeah, the product is going to. There's no like, there's, there's not, not going to benefit from that. You know, I've seen people throw out money at projects all the time, big time, but they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the, the, the heart for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just imagine like one last thing before we wrap up, because I I'm, I'm, might need to go in a couple. Of oh, days. that's right. Uh, but just one more thing is that, you know, you, I think what you do as a business to have a podcast studio and, you know, allow people to, to jump into this game like this is amazing. And uh, I really think that, you know, us being here could, could mean a lot, you know, like, I don't know, the busiest tram line in the world, 4-6, sees this corner every single day. And mm. if you have, you know, regulars here and, and you just do this uh, from time to time, I really believe it could, it took a... Uh, it could take off. Let's make it a regular thing. Yeah. Let's make it a regular thing. I think, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm committed to this. Obviously, I have another location, but I actually really am liking this location, you guys. This is this is special. If you guys believe the same thing, send us a, send us a, where, 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 how can people contact us? I know Budapest.fm, www.budapest.fm, you can find me. But yourself, like, how can they find you or the coffee shop where, where we're located? Uh, me, LinkedIn, um, probably, and then coffee shop through um, through Facebook. Through Facebook? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's everywhere. So you just put in Montage Budapest and you can find it. Montage Budapest. Come here, check us out. This was fun. Yeah. Right on? Awesome. Hey, man. I, I hate to cut it short, man, Thanks but you, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Salute. Cheers. Cheers. In the pulsing heart of Budapest, where the ordinary meets the extraordinary, a podcast studio emerges unlike any you've ever seen. Where a window displays once showcased lifeless mannequins, now stands a stage set for legends. Two plush chairs, one ambient table, and a verdant embrace of plants grace the scene. The glow of bright lights, the hum of -of state-of-the-art mixing equipment, and the poised readiness of up to three cameras await their next star.
Passersby stop, captivated as this isn't just a studio, it's a spectacle. A stage where every voice, every story becomes a show for the world to witness. Whispered rumors ask, what is this mesmerizing place? It's table for two, Budapest's rising star, where novices transform into podcast legends and veterans find a new home. to take the stage now with the magic unfolding in two prime locations table for two where your voice becomes a masterpiece brought to you by budapest.fm